For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Romans, for or against Torah. This is part 12 of the series. The dry bones from Ezekiel chapter 37 goes on to say in Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 14, and I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will place you in your own land. And so then in order to prophesy of northern kingdom and southern kingdom being united and returning to the land in Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 16, Ezekiel was told to do the following. Son of man, take one stick. And in Hebrew, the word stick is eighth, which means tree. So it could be translated, take one tree and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Take another stick, or in Hebrew, eighth, which means tree. Take another tree and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions. So it could be translated, take one tree for the southern kingdom, for Judah, and for the children of Israel, his companions. Take another stick, or in Hebrew, eighth, which means tree. Take another tree and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions. So it could be translated, take one tree for the southern kingdom, for Judah, for the children of Israel, his companions. Take another tree for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, that is the northern kingdom. And then it says in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 17, and join them one to another into one stick or one eighth or one tree, and they'll become one in your hand. And then they will become one. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 22, I'll make them one name in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And so when northern kingdom and southern kingdom are united, when they're brought back to the mountains of Israel, then it is said, one king shall be king to them all. And who's the one king? It is the Messiah. And Messiah, as kingly Messiah, is likened unto King David, who ruled over all 12 tribes from Jerusalem. That's a prophetic foreshadowing of the Messiah, who will rule over all 12 tribes from Jerusalem at his second coming. Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 24 and David my servant will be king over them and they will have one shepherd. One shepherd over them one king and they will walk in my statutes and observe my judgments and do them. They're going to follow my Torah. And so the prophecy is to take one stick or eighths or tree and take another stick or eighths or tree and join them together. And that is because the literal house of Jacob, that is the people that were at Mount Sinai and their descendants, they 
are likened in the scriptures to an olive tree. We find this in Jeremiah chapter 11, verses 16 and 17. The Lord called your name a green olive tree, fair and of a goodly fruit, with the noise of a great tumult. He has kindled a fire upon it, and the branches of it are broken. For the Lord of hosts that planted you has pronounced evil against you for the evil of the house of Israel and the house of Judah. So the house of Israel, northern kingdom, and the house of Judah, southern kingdom, are likened unto an olive tree. So even though it does not say what kind of a tree that Ezekiel was to hold and bring together and make one, the obvious reference is an olive tree. So Jeremiah chapter 11 and verses 16 and 17, it's referring to a literal house of Jacob that's likened to an olive tree. The literal house of Jacob consists of the literal house of Israel, northern kingdom, and the literal house of Judah, southern kingdom. But what Paul is explaining in Romans chapter 11 is through the redemptive work of the Messiah, the redeemed house of Jacob. Yeshua is going to rule over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Luke chapter 1 verse 33. So the redeemed house of Jacob is likened to an olive tree. And Paul describes in Romans chapter 11 that this redeemed house of Jacob consists of wild branches who believe that Yeshua is the Messiah in natural branches who believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. And in explaining this, Paul then says in Romans chapter 11 verse 17 that the wild branches are grafted in. And then he says in Romans chapter 11 verse 24 that the natural branches, when they believe, they're grafted into their own olive tree. So both the wild branches and the natural branches are grafted into the olive tree. And the root of that tree is the Messiah. And so now we're going to show you a play of the meaning of Zion in Hebrew. And if you take the Hebrew word Zion and bring it into English, one way that you could render Zion is you could spell it, particularly in Old English, S-C-I-O-N. And so what's the meaning of this English word today? Grafting is where the scion is a detached shoot or twig containing buds from a woody plant. Grafting is a method of plant propagation widely used in horticulture where the tissues of one plant are encouraged to fuse with those of another. Grafting can only be done between reasonably closely related plants. Now the spiritual application is this. Sunday and Shabbat cannot be grafted. They're not reasonably closely related. What this means is Easter and Passover cannot be grafted. They're not reasonably closely related. And so in order for the grafting to take place, there has to be a repentance and not only acceptance of Yeshua as our Savior, but there has to be a return to his Torah, which he gave his bride at Mount Sinai. And so when we have non-Jews who believe that Yeshua is the Messiah and are pursuing the following of his Torah by his spirit and they're celebrating the Shabbat and they're celebrating Pesach, Passover, then we have reasonably close 
closely related plants because Jews who do not believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, they're observing Shabbat, they are observing Passover, and so there's a reasonable related relationship there in the Sabbath and in Passover, but the Jews at this point in their observance of Sabbath and Passover, religious Jews don't believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, whereas the non-Jews who've returned to Yeshua's Torah and are keeping the Sabbath and the festivals, they believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. And so now we're close enough that ultimately through the work of the Messiah, there can be a grafting that takes place once the southern kingdom, the Jews who are seeking to follow the Torah and keeping the Sabbath and Passover, once they believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, and Paul explains when that is going to happen, it's going to be life from the dead. It's going to be when northern kingdom and southern kingdom are united by the Messiah, the two sticks become one, and they return to the mountains of Israel. That's when you're going to know that Yeshua is Messiah and Lord. Now, continuing on and explaining grafting, in most cases, one plant is selected for its root, the spiritual application. The root is Yeshua the Messiah, and this is called the stock or the root stock. The other plant is selected for its stems, the leaves or the flowers, and this is called the scion. And so this would be then what's going to be grafted is non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as Messiah are going to be grafted with Jews who now don't believe that Yeshua is a Messiah, but will once Yeshua gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel. So the scripture tells us that Zion is a nation that's born in one day. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 8 and verse 14. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once as soon as Zion travailed? She brought forth her children. So this is describing a nation that's being born in one day. And when is that nation being born in travail? And what's the name of the nation? Zion. Travail is a reference to the tribulation or the birth pains of the Messiah. So biblical Zion that is mentioned in Isaiah 66 verse 8 is going to be born during the tribulation period. And in Isaiah chapter 66 verse 14 it says when you see this, when you see Zion being born in a day during the tribulation period, a time of travail, your heart will rejoice. Why? Because you know that the end of the exile of the house of Jacob is going to be over and you know that the Messiah is going to redeem his people. He's going to set his feet down on the Mount of Olives. He's going to set up his kingdom and the nations of the world are going to be judged. When you see this, your heart will rejoice and your bones will flourish like an herb and the hand of the Lord will be known to his servants and his indignation toward his enemies. It's going to be like the Lord made a distinction in Egypt between his people and the rest of Egypt. And so Isaiah chapter 66 verse 8 is what Revelation chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 is referring to where it reads, there appeared a great sign in heaven. So if we take the word sign and take it back to the Hebrew, it could be translated as a great zeon. The Hebrew word for sign is zeon. It contains the same letters as zeon. So it's a word play in the Hebrew that 
that Zion, a sign that it has the same letters as Zion, the nation that's born in a day. And there appeared a great sign in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Crown means ruling and reigning. Twelve stars refers to the twelve tribes of Israel united. So this is a prophecy that the twelve tribes of Israel united are going to rule and reign. When do they rule and reign? Once Messiah returns and sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, Israel is going to rule over the nations, wherein Yeshua is going to be teaching the Torah to all nations. And so when that happens, her enemies will be no more. They will be under her feet. And so the sun is a reference to Greco-Roman Christianity, which is associated with sun worship. And the Vatican in Italy is laid out according to a sun emblem. And the moon is a reference to Islam. A sign of Islam is the moon. And so his people will not be subjugated to the mixture of Greco-Roman Christianity who advocates to not follow the Torah, nor Islam who despises the Jewish people in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So this great sign, or Zion, is the uniting of the twelve tribes of Israel, and she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And so we're told in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 6, for there will be a day that the watchman upon Mount Ephraim, the watchman will cry, arise and let us go up to Zion under the Lord our God. So this word watchman is Nazar, and the way that you say a Christian in Hebrew is Notsri, or plural Christians Notsrim. So Nazar have the same letters as the Hebrew word for Christian, Notsri, or plural Notsrim. And once again, from the book by Yair Davidi, an Orthodox Jew that lives in Israel, from his book, Ephraim, the Gentile Children of Israel, page 224, he explains Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 6, in the following way. That this verse talks of the notes ream, and in this case, both the simple sense of the meaning of the passage, as well as the opinion of many rabbis, namely Rashi, Radok, etc., says that those mentioned in this verse are the exiled of Israel, that is, the ten tribes. Jeremiah predicts that these lost Israelites, notes ream, English is watchmen, that they will cry, arise and let us go up to Zion under the Lord our God. So this is a prophecy that what we call today Christians will say, let us go to Zion. And continuing in the explanation given by Yair Davidi in his book of Friday, the Gentile Children of Israel on page 224, Rabbi Don Isaac Arbabanel, who lived from 1437 to 1508, suggests that the word notes here refers to those who call themselves Christians today. Now, in Psalm 126, verses 1 and 2, it is written, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zeom, that is the end of the exile, we were like those that dream. It seems like an impossibility. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. And so this word laughter in Hebrew is Yitzhak. And so even as Isaac was miraculously born to Abraham and Sarah at an old age when it seemed impossible, that is going to be a prophecy of the end of the exile of northern kingdom and southern kingdom and their return to the land by the Messiah, that with natural logic and reasoning and thinking, it's going to seem as an impossibility, but just as Isaac was miraculously born, there's going to be a miraculous return of the exiles of Israel and their reunification upon the mountains of Israel by
by the Messiah. So Zion is a term for the end of the exile and the gathering uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. We can see this from Isaiah chapter 35 verses 1 and 2 and verse 10. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them and the desert will rejoice and blossom as a rose and they will come with joy and singing. And now Isaiah chapter 35 verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord will return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. That's the end of their captivity, the end of the exile. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. That is how they felt and what they experienced in their captivity when those that took them into captivity mistreated them. So now in Isaiah chapter 66 verse 8 it says, for as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. This is the Strong's number 6726 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary and it says it's the same as the Strong's number 6725 which is Zion which means a sign, a monument, a marker. And so in Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 15 and 17 and 20 and 21 it is written, thus says the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, Rachel weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. There is hope in your end, says the Lord, that your children will come again to their own border. And who's this speaking of or prophesying of? In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 20 is Ephraim, my dear son. And so this is referring to ultimately Rachel's son Joseph. Of course, Ephraim is the son of Joseph. It's referring to the northern kingdom. And then it says, regarding Ephraim, the northern kingdom, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 21, set you up waymarks. This word waymarks is the Hebrew word zion, which means the sign. So you can say set up a sign, set up, or you could read it zion, because in the biblical Hebrew, there are no vowels. So you can read this set up zion. So the sign, going back to Revelation 12, verse 1, is the birth of biblical zion, Isaiah chapter chapter 66, verse 8. And this was what Paul was referring to in Romans in chapter 11, verse 15, regarding the Jewish people. He said, if the casting away of them be the reconciliation of the world, it brought about the northern kingdom from being not a people to being a people and them being able to return to the covenant as well as offering salvation to the entire world. What will be the receiving of them? Life from the dead. And the life from the dead is the gathering uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. The gathering uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel is called Zion. And Zion is a nation born in a day, Isaiah 66 verse 8. And it's born during the time of the tribulation period. And this is the sign of Revelation 12 verses 1 and 2. And so it's when biblical Zion is born. And biblical Zion is going to be a declaration by Jews in the land of Israel of an independent state which the Bible says that that state is to be called Zion and that independent state will be declared in Judea, Samaria or the Western world calls it the West Bank with Jerusalem as its capital. And so from that declaration which happens during the tribulation period Revelation 12 verses 1 and 2 the Messiah and the revelation of who the Messiah is will be revealed to the Jewish people because that is going to trigger Messiah gathering, uniting the 12 tribes of Israel, bringing them back from the nations of the world where they've been scattered. And the way that he's going to be recognized is he's going to gather his people from the nations the way that he brought them out of Egypt and led them in the wilderness by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. So Yeshua is 
going to gather and unite his people from the nations of the world by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. But there's going to be multiple cloud by days and pillar of fire by nights because his people are scattered throughout the world. And this entire event with natural eyes and natural reasoning and natural logic is going to be miraculous. And so when the Lord returned the captives of Zion, we were like those that dream, as it says in Psalm 126. And so now in Micah chapter 5, verses 2 and 3, it is written, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel. That is the Messiah. Therefore he will give them up. That is the Messiah. Or if you do a study, the way in which he gives them up from breaking his covenant in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 16 and 17, is he's going to hide his face. And the one in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 14, that's the stone of stumbling and rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, that's the Messiah. He's hiding his face from the house of Jacob, Isaiah chapter 8, verse 17. But he's only going to hide his face temporarily, and he's going to do it until the time that she which travails is brought forth. She that travails is Zion, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 8, and we're going to have the birth of biblical Zion, Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Then the remnant of his brethren will return to the children of Israel. And that's going to be the Zion, the sign that Messiah is going to end the exile of his people, and he's going to gather, unite northern kingdom and southern kingdom, and bring them back to the land. So when all this happens, then Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 11, verse 26, and so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. So the Messiah is going to come and gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel and all those that believe on him and call upon his name, both from northern kingdom, southern kingdom, and those who are grafted in from the nations, they will all be saved. And that's going to be all Israel that is saved because the name of Messiah's new covenant family that he's going to rule over is the house of Jacob. And this is the redeemed or the saved house of Jacob that Yeshua is going to rule and reign over forever. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. Number one, the nation of Israel consisting of the house of Israel, the northern kingdom, or the house of Joseph, or Ephraim, or the ten tribes, and the house of Judah, or the southern kingdom, is likened in Jeremiah chapter 11 verses 16 and 17 to an olive tree. By breaking the Torah, the marriage covenant agreement at Mount Sinai, the branches of the olive tree were broken. Number three, both the wild branches and the natural branches are grafted in through faith in Yeshua as a means of salvation. The wild branches, Romans chapter 11 verse 17. The natural branches, Romans chapter 11 verse 24. And Paul's letter to the Romans was primarily written to the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of Israel who were in exile and scattered throughout the nations of the world and in addressing the northern kingdom, those that were living amongst them, those from the nations would also hear the gospel message as well. So therefore the gospel would go out to all peoples. And so from Romans chapters 9, 10, 11, we are able to see now that Paul is writing in the book of Romans primarily to the northern kingdom in exile. And he's teaching them what Yeshua did when he died on the tree for them and what their obligations and responsibilities are now unto him in being believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, the 
that they are to return to his Torah. He explained how Yeshua performed that work of redemption. And ultimately, their calling is to provoke their brethren, the southern kingdom, the Jewish people, to jealousy. And when their restoration and reunification takes place between northern kingdom and southern kingdom, and that's when Messiah is going to be revealed to the Jewish people of the house of Judah. Well, that's going to conclude part 12 of the series on the subject, Romans, for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.